there seems to be more to these strange lights or strange objects or strange encounters in the sky than what we're being told about. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Hey, 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 everybody. It's a new show, and we have an awesome guest, and I got my co-host Lindsay here. Hey, everybody. And we have Nathan Zeber. Before we dive into the show, I'd just like to let him introduce himself with his deets that he wants out there. And uh, Nathan, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, my name's Nathan. I'm a pastor. I've earned a bit of a nickname called the the paranormal pastor in some of these paranormal communities. And I'm the community liaison director for MUFON Canada. And prior to that, I was the provincial chief investigator for here in Alberta, Canada. And on top of that, I was a former private investigator before becoming a pastor. And I'm a podcast host and kind of a few other things mixed in the bag, too. Cool. Awesome. That's awesome. If you will, let's just dive right in. So to our audience out there that might not know, can you give us just like a summary of, of MUFON? What is MUFON? Sure. So, so MUFON was, was born in 1969, and there's MUFON Canada and MUFON uh, USA. And essentially what MUFON is, is it stands for the Mutual UFO Network. And it's one of the first okay. private organizations, civilian-run organizations, to come about and say, hey, you know what? There seems to be more to these strange lights or strange objects or strange encounters in the sky than what we're being told about. And so they actually came together to say, let's, let's try and eliminate anything um, that could be explaining what a UFO is. So let's try and make sure it's not an airplane. Let's try and make sure it's not, you know, some weird astronomical occurrence like a comet or a meteorite or a super bright star in the night sky for that particular uh, season. And the goal is to try and eliminate as many of those explanations as possible until you're left with, okay, this seems to be an actual UFO. Hmm. So I I'm going to jump in and kind of ask a question based on what you just said. Uh, and this might be something you'll get into later on down the road. So correct me if, if it is, but how do you determine between, I mean, this is going to sound really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? hokey i guess mm -hmm. but how do you determine between natural phenomenon versus unnatural phenomena and i'm not even talking about necessarily ufos but, yeah. but like even government government type driven test experiments or that is that a separate category that you have sure so there's a number of uh there's a number of tools we use so there's flight tracking radar there's historical weather data there's all sorts of different uh, research banks that we get taught how to use and we go to and once we've mm -hmm. kind of gone through those it's like okay could this be 
something else. And then we look at characteristics that might set it apart from, you know, simply uh, like a government experimental aircraft, which I mean, not right. too many people see those anyways when, when they're around, but the due diligence is to try and eliminate anything man-made, right? So right, are these right. things traveling at 90 degree arcs? Like, are they defying physics? Are they, you know, disappearing mm. and reappearing? Are there other strange circumstances surrounding them too? And we can get into a bit of those later as well. Yeah, like, are they traveling so fast that a human being would be like jelly yes, if exactly. it's inside the crap? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's huge, you know, people, physics still applies, you know, and stuff. Like turning at a 90 degree angle, right? Like nobody can yeah. can do that. Look at any car accident. Even with some of the more experimental aircraft we have today with the military that's publicly known, um, you, still yeah. can't, you still can't defy physics that way. Wow. Right. Not about... We just don't have the technology, no. And so somebody, somebody does. You know, that's 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 why I'm interested in in, in all this. Mm -hmm. Well, Nathan, how did you personally get involved with Mufon? Sure. So uh, when my my half of my family is actually American. My mom's side of the family is is from the states, and my grandpa was a Marine um, in Vietnam, and you know he would talk about how different platoons would refer to something called Foo Fighters in the skies over Vietnam. And Foo Fighters actually the original term for UFOs. There'd be strange lights in the yeah. sky. So um, he was also a pastor. And so it, some of these experiences, you know, would be mentioned throughout my upbringing. And later on, I discovered when I came back home from, from Bible school that these things are happening, but Christians aren't really present in these realms. Uh, we have some of my wider testimony, if I can go into that for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I come back from my first couple of years of Bible school, and I'm talking with a, with a family member who was at the time the executive director of the Justice Department of Alberta. And he said it's not unusual for... Um, civilian consultants to come on board for an investigations and a number of these civilian consultants are psychics and witches and mediums and i'm like really that's that's weird and he said yeah it's not it's not unusual for tips to be submitted to the justice department from these different you know paranormal sources and i'm like well how many how many christians are involved like how many christians submit tips that they get from the holy spirit right and he said none and he said, there might be some, but he said none. And I'm like, well, wait, like Daniel was in the court of Babylon, like interpreting the king's dreams and getting messages from God. And they were so accurate that he was placed in charge of the witches and magicians of the time. And then you have Joseph in the courts of the land. You have Esther and Deborah and Elijah and Ezekiel and characters all throughout scripture where they were used as God's ambassadors in the justice systems of their time. And I'm like, we have access to God Almighty. We should have the most reliable, most insight when it comes to justice in the courts of our land. And so that kind of spurred this journey into, okay, we need to be a Christian. We need to be Christians because I, I have a few teammates involved with me um, that 
are in the courts that are contributing to investigations on behalf of the Holy Spirit. And so that led us into the paranormal communities to see where these people are are spending their time, what they believe, and and getting to know them. And from there, I came across uh, different people's experiences and demonic um, encounters and going from there into UFOs and um, et cetera. And that's kind of how I ended up in this area. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, how how has your involvement with MUFON been received by your church? So um, it's it's interesting when we when we first started this ministry, um, we were picturing you know being alongside the police for murder investigations or for missing kid investigations, and yeah, it it ended up for the first couple years of this ministry being more of a deliverance ministry where people who are lost in in darkness lost and encountering spiritual bondage were were looking for a light and we ended up being the light kind of in these paranormal communities and so we ended up as a a deliverance ministry for a few years and that's how it was introduced to the the church i work at and um going from there and some of the conversations behind the scenes because i i i a lot of these conversations require context right like we're able to unpack right. this story over time. But if I'm up there preaching on a Sunday morning and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm an investigator for MUFON Canada, the mutual UFO network, right? There's not the same opportunity to, to bring the history up. And so a lot of people um, are very hesitant about paranormal conversations, but they believe in things like angels and demons as every Christian should, right? And so when you Right. When you start it from there saying, you know what, it doesn't matter if these are actual aliens, it doesn't matter if these are actual, you know, cryptids, all that matters is that people are being tormented, people are lost in darkness, and there are currently no Christians, or not too many that we know of, in these communities being a light in the darkness. And so almost everybody's been able to get on board with that. Hey, my unrefined friends. I just want to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and, and I'm I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this, is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a, a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members only group things that are coming in our members only group that are going to just blow your mind not to mention there's gonna be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel so make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members only community i just can't stress the fact that you know we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there
let me ask you this. This is like the great white whale question, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like we need to ask you this. So, Nathan, your personal humble opinion, are aliens real like from the planet Vulcan or the Pleiades or out there, or are they an interdimensional being that's more demonic and malevolent? So I, um, I personally, and I'll give kind of two different facets to this 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 question um i personally think that they're they're interdimensional i think we have too many cameras um and satellites pointed at the sky that you know with as many ufos people see authenticated sightings we should see about as many entering into our solar system and atmosphere Mm. which we which we don't um that being said do i believe that you know god the most creative being in the universe stopped at earth or could he have made you know space whales swimming in a ocean on another planet i don't know i just don't think they're like humans made in god's image but that's that's kind of my belief that's cool yeah i mean that's we hear and you know and and since i'm a newbie to a lot of the ufo stuff we hear so many different things and uh, i'm just trying to kind of get to get my legs, so my sea legs, so to speak, or my space legs, how about yeah. that? And 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 figure figure out, you know, what where do I stand? Where do I sit? Yeah. And yeah. I want to get I want to get into this later on. I didn't put this on the questions that we sent you, but but I want to get into this to, to the eschatological aspect mm-hmm. of this too, if you would later later on the show. Yeah. But yeah, I think Lindsay, we vacillate back and forth about. I do think they're interdimensional beings. And I think that then that involves portals and stuff. And then we've heard, you know, rumors that they go down in the sea, that there's a vast underwork, um, underground. And that's yeah, yeah. But that's still yeah, that's still my big question, and this is from a minister's standpoint, is whatever they are, they're not benevolent. Mm-hmm. They're abducting people and a benevolent being is not that's that's violating yes people, yeah you know uh, and and so that that comes back to what you're talking about with the ministry aspect of which mm-hmm. i think is really cool is it there's there's a deliverance aspect to this yeah and and if these were if these were simply beings that you know were biological coming from another planet when you encounter them, there would be like this shock and awe, but there's this feeling that people get when they see them, this deep seated fear and nausea and just it, it, it definitely seems supernatural by, by appearance. That's fascinating. Wow. Has there been anything that's been surprising or, or maybe that you weren't expecting since you've been involved with MUFON? Um, I, you know, one of, one of the things that I was surprised about with, with MUFON and the paranormal community in general is uh, how much I've come to um, just have a heart for them. And, you know, when we tend to view... Um, when we tend to view these communities on a spectrum um, of saved or not saved, most Christians would probably place them on the end closer to not saved. But these communities already believe that there's a world 
beyond our own that exists. They already believe that we were made for a purpose, that there's more to life than this. And so I think they're so much closer to discovering God than, than most everyday people are, people who don't care, people who aren't searching. And yes, there's a lot of bondage that comes, but I, I, that's one thing that surprised me is just my, my heart for them. And with, with the UFO community in general, I'm shocked at how over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, it's changed from, you know, this is a, a investigative quest to this is now more like a religion. And I'm not, this isn't MUFON's approach. Mm-hmm. I'm not throwing MUFON under the bus. MUFON has done a great job to say, we're not giving official explanations for what our personal beliefs are. We're just trying to remain objective, but I'm shocked at how much of the UFO community has turned into um, its own cult or its own religion. Mm. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, let let me ask you this, Nathan. Um, So over the past month or so, we had this disclosure by the U.S. government Mm. of you know, and, and this is like a layered question. Okay, so bear with me. Um, we've had this switch, and then a lot of things came out about Project Bluebeam, yeah, which I realized is a is a legitimate operation. And I just wonder what you think about these last these weather balloons, these things that have been coming out. Is it possible that the government, even though it might know about the other UFO excursions and all this stuff, is 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 using this stuff as a smokescreen to try to manipulate? I mean, like the very example of the, this is the other question I have for you. What do you think about the, the switch? It's not UFOs anymore, it's UAPs. Yeah. And that's got to be some kind of deliberate postmodern language game they're playing yes. there. Yeah. You know? and, and so, anyway. So, there yeah, there's, <laughs> there's been um, quite a few disclosures over the last, three years specifically that that have been very serious and i don't think most of the public is picking up on that like right in the middle of um trump's covid relief bill there was a section on ufo disclosure and it had testimony from these navy pilots and video footage uh, i think it's called the um tiktok yeah the tiktok or tiktok uh footage and again these are yeah like a lot of the public's like, oh, those are just or debunking sites are like, oh, those are just like drones or or whatever. But these are these are trained fighter pilots. Like these are men who have served actively. And the fact that they're shocked at what they're seeing, even though they've, you know, gone over drones, they've gone over enemy aircraft, they've gone over all sorts of other aerial vehicles. The fact that they're shocked at how fast this thing is moving, how quickly it's turning says something right it means that at the Mm -hmm. upper echelon of the air force they don't know what this is and i think these ufo disclosure um balloon disclosure incidences over the last year have been um a a bit of a smokescreen but at the same time i think it's also just trying to get the, the the general public more and more prepared for the curtain being lifted 
over the next few years, if that makes sense. And that kind of ties into eschatology a bit like you brought up. But I think it's yeah. I think it's cards they've been holding in their back pocket saying, you know what, we're gonna save this for when stuff about COVID starts to to fall apart or get disclosed. Um or we're gonna save this for when we want, you know, the the general public to become more and more comfortable again. It's almost released in stages. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm really deep into the conspiracy stuff. I, I try to be balanced about it. I try to stay grounded in the word with it mm-hmm. because I, I don't want to enter into what I, I'm, I'm learning a lot about pareidolia and, and how, and I noticed a lot of red pill type people, they see stuff everywhere and that's just not, that's not balanced either. And so through the whole, but, but at the same time, I get what you're saying that that they play the long game. Mm-hmm. The elites, the who, whatever, the people that we don't know about. Yeah. They're playing the the long game and and you're right, it's 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 many layered. And this is just an aspect, I think a very important aspect of it. One well, with with some of these balloons, um some of them were balloons, but others had uh, similarities to historical UFO sightings and mass sightings, like appearing near mm. nearing military bases, uh, disappearing, re- reappearing over radar, uh, elect- uh, electrical outages, etc. So some of it was, you know, balloon related, and some of it seemed to be more UFO related. Mm. Yeah, but Nathan, you kind of talked about this a little bit. A second ago, if I can change direction just a little bit here, um, you know, how, how this, you were surprised, um, just kind of this, you are not far from the kingdom situation you see with a lot of people involved in this. And I was just wondering, how does the UFO discussion kind of open doors for engaging people with the gospel, particularly kind of the, the new age crowd, you know, they're, they're all over. UFO stuff for some reason. Just how does how does this discussion kind of open open that door? Mm-hmm. And, and, and at least for you, sure. So um, for the first the first couple talks, I got invited to to share for some of the paranormal communities in in my area. Um, myself and the the ministry t- team prayed, and we felt it was supposed to be okay. This is I'm not hiding the fact that I'm a Christian, but I'm going to be talking about these paranormal topics. And it's, it's not me preaching. It's just me sharing what I've, what I've researched, what I've investigated. And um, after a couple of them, I felt like I was supposed to do one talk that called, out, um, that called out some of what they were believing and calling out some of them as, as false idols. And I was, mm. I was kind of mourning um, because I thought this was going to sever the relationship with this community that I had been building. Um, but I ended up being nominated Speaker of the Year. And it was, it was really cool because during that talk, I had been very clear I'm a pastor. I was clear that you know not all roads lead to Jesus. There's not many paths up the mountain. And I, I just used Jesus' own words to, to describe it because a lot of these people you know, they're totally okay with the idea of God. They're okay with Jesus. They're okay with all these different things, but they're not okay with saying he's the only way. 
And so from there, um, I ended up starting a podcast for this community. Um, they asked me to, to run it and I said, okay, but, um, I'm not going to cover, you know, things like Ouija boards or seances or et cetera. Um, I will be objective, but I'm not going to support these different topics. I gave them a list. And during a few of those, um, they were live streamed. And during a few of the live streams, uh, I would talk about what I researched in biblical literature or researched as um, in my theology classes. And people were commenting on this live stream saying, well, wait, you're, you're a pastor and you talk about UFOs or you're a pastor and you talk about ley lines. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, um, you know, there's all these different supernatural elements to the Bible, right? There's a lot in the Bible that, you know, has very similar views to what we're, what you guys are wanting to, to talk about. I said, I know we don't always present it that way or we kind of sweep it under the, the rug, but there's quite a bit more overlap than, than people would expect. So that's, that's how the bridge was built. And over the past um, two years, we've had about close to 50 salvations from this community um, of people who, you know, went, I'm so tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm so tired of trying to gain all this knowledge um, in order for me to be saved. I just, I need help. I need, I need to find freedom. Mm. And um what's cool about these salvations is these are people who are then plugged into churches around them. They're being discipled. It's not just a prayer we pray and then they're, they're off and on their cool. own. But one of my favorites was the first that makes me very emotional. And he says that he's a young guy and that he's come out of years of shamanism. Um, and he's come to discover that mm-hmm. salvation is through Jesus to God. And I was like, wow, that is just the, you can tell he discovered that Jesus was the only path to God. And a lot of these people are Gnostic in their, their beliefs, which is boiled down. It essentially means that, you know, salvation is up to you gathering knowledge. It's up to you gathering sacred knowledge. Whereas Christianity is like, well, no, nothing can you, nothing can make you sacred enough except for, except for Jesus and his sacrifice. And so. That's, that's a bit of the journey into um, building a relationship with these people or being a pastor to these people. And it's been, it's been quite, the, quite the ride. I mean, this, wow, this just, this just warms my heart. I mean, I, I'm getting emotional here because this just, this, this sounds like our hearts. Uh, we have this, just this heart to reach people that people are not going to reach. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I love the bride of Christ, but the church can be so negative and mean towards people that are on the liminality of, or, or outside like mm-hmm. this. And it's just because they're scared and, and they don't understand and they're afraid of being deceived and, and all that. And I get that. And I'm trying so hard to have compassion. I have more compassion for the New Age UFO folks a lot of times than I do the Christians that just you know, poo-poo, so to speak, all yes, over all this. Yeah. And I see this as 
this is vital. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this is what Paul talks about that. I may be some things to some people that, you know, that I may save some, I mean, you're not compromising your beliefs at all. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more. It, it seems like to me that the people that you're, you're trying to reach from what you just said are a lot more open mm -hmm. to the gospel and Jesus and all this stuff. than than a lot of the Christians are to believing in that, UFOs and other types of things could be real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just want to read his, well, his little message he sent me here quick, if that's okay. Um, okay. Yeah. He yeah. says, uh, and I won't say his name on, on air here, but he says, Hey, Nathan, my name is, and I've enjoyed following this paranormal group and listening to your last couple podcasts, including the, the Halloween episode, uh, are making my way out of years of shamanic study and have um, and many other new age things and have been strongly called to God through Jesus these last few months and have been feeling pulled to renounce and repent for a lot of my old ways. I'm really hoping you could talk me through a healthy balance here and help guide me through letting go of some of the old ways without getting too extreme. I am interested in deliverance and such, but would love to know more wow. and hear uh, a few of your perspectives. Thanks and happy new year. And it's, um, it's his fear because we sat down. His fear was that, you know, he grew up around evangelical circles where it's like anything that was discussed relating to the paranormal or cryptid zoology or et cetera was just a label of demonic was slapped on it. Right. And it's like, nope, demonic. Yep. And we're, we're not going to yep. touch it. And, you know, he's like, but he points out to me, he's like, there's, there's ghosts in the Bible, right? Like there's like, and mm -hmm. and it, the Bible doesn't say it's a, a a demon pretending to be a ghost, which I do believe happens, by the way. But it he just wasn't convinced yeah. it's yeah. all demonic, and it's yep. salvation yep. is a is a messy process, <laughs> and like uh, well, people are messy. Yeah, people are messy, man. One of my favorite I mean, examples was like this one lady who got saved during this this um, the last couple of years. It took probably about six months. For her to stop opening her prayers with to God and universe. And I had to be like, no, like you, <laughs> you can't do that. But her heart was so sincere. And I'm like, I don't think God's going to strike her down with lightning. Like, I think there's a lot of patience involved, but yeah. All right. Well, let me, let me go down this trail before we, uh, because this is probably going to be a, a, a long trail, but I'm, I'm, I'm really totally interested in your take in this. It, it seems in our podcast here lately, Lindsay and I, we've been being led down hearing about different people's eschatologies. And I've never, ever been in eschatology. I'm seminary trained. Yeah. And, you know, the, the only eschatology I got in seminary was basically, you know, death and dying <laughs> and you go to heaven when you die. Yes. Yeah. And that there's like three or four types of that people believe and you need to choose one. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm kind of doing is collecting people who have eschatologies that that differ from the the mainstream or the norm so this is the big question set set us up and tell us what do you think the the the, the whole ufo phenomena has to do with eschatology uh, that's huge but you have all the time sure okay yeah well let me let me preface it with this um you know and this was something i was challenged with last year when i was when i was writing a, um, a sermon, actually, you know, we hear Christians say, are we in the last days? But 
we forget that the Bible defines the last days as from when Jesus ascended into heaven and when he comes back. So we, we are in the last days, right? Like there's, Jesus isn't going to come back and then we go into the last days. It's like, no, we're, we're in the last days now and we're waiting until Jesus returns. And, um, there's different, like you said, eschatological views on it, but for me personally, and I'm open to it, I'm, I'm, my, my hands are open when it comes to these views because we don't know. And so if I'm wrong, I'm not going to, I'm not going to miss out. Um, and my caution for anyone, I know I'm rambling a bit, but my caution for anyone that is concrete on these views is the Jewish leaders of the day were convinced that the Messiah was going to come back and smash the Roman empire and raise up the Jews and take over the world. And they were so convinced of that view that they missed Jesus in a lot of ways. And so I think we all need to be cautious. Um, but at the same time, yes, what I'm finding with these communities and with the world in general is we were a, uh, North American culture was a Christian culture. Both Canada and the States have deep, deep Christian roots in a lot of ways. And then we probably Canada more, more so has headed to post-Christian to secularism. And it's gotten really dangerous here. It's really nasty. Um, but now there seems to be a switch to spirituality without any religion. So the Barna Institute and Pew Research Center have all reported that with millennials and Gen Z specifically, that there's this interest in Wiccanism and other uh, spiritual practices that is growing. And I think with the UFO community and the topic of aliens, etc., it's become more of a religion with these other new age practices because they're starting to say that, you know what, aliens are our brothers and sisters uh, from another dimension. And you know what, they possibly planted us here. They planted us here on earth and they're going to come one day when humanity's ready and they're going to cure sickness and disease. They're going to unite humanity under one banner and we're going to spiritually evolve and walk into the next dimension and so it's it's becoming so prevalent that there's this this movement in the ufo community called um the ce5 community and it's close encounters of the fifth kind which comes from the um ballet classification scale which was created by this guy named jacques valet who's a a occultist and a ufologist but yeah, um, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Not every yep. CE5 group is like this. Just to be clear, some CE5 groups, you know, they go into a field to watch the skies, to look at the stars, to, to hang out. But a lot of these CE5 communities go into the field to try and, and oh, this wow. is their wording, to try and meditate and to summon UFOs. And some of them have even said they're going to meditate, summon, and try and have communion with these ufos and beings and it's it's gaining popularity exponentially like it's growing very very quick and so my my end time views would be you know what i think that with the belief that these beings may show up one day and and act as a false savior um 
it's it's becoming more and more real to me. Um, and it's not that far from the truth. It's not the truth, just to be clear. But, you know, I, I believe heaven is its own place, but it is also, I don't believe it's up in the cloud somewhere. I do believe it's dimensions. Right, I right. do believe it's dimensions away, right? It's at, it's at hand. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. It's at and hand. I think angels and demons are, you know, from the spiritual realm, which again is dimensions away, but that does not make them alien, right? That does not make them um, our brothers and sisters in the universe. And so the it's so close to the truth, but it's also very clearly not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, well, like, like, for example, you're saying that they are our brothers and sisters in the sense of God created these angels to be our elder brothers. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but they've fallen. So they're not, we're no longer in communion with them anymore. Yes. So it's like, it's, it's, it's the truth with a, like, like, uh, uh, untruth sandwich yes. you know you got the truth in there but it's in an untruth sandwich yeah yeah and i think that uh i think that with the um transhumanist movement too um when it comes mm. to technology mm-hmm. i think that like in the days of noah there will be people that are no longer recognizably human they will no longer be made in God's image because of the changes that have taken place in them. And I think that there's a bit of a blend with that, with quote unquote alien technology and human technology. And um, yeah, that God will come back and um, you know, there'll be the, the people who haven't been tampering with their DNA who are still, you know, in his image. And then there are those people who have said, no, we're going to do things our own way. We're going to become more and more like these beings, et cetera. Yeah. I've always told, I actually told my mother this morning, um, she was talking about this microchip that that's out. And I said, I said, mom, I don't really think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be more like the Vax. I think it's going to be more like DNA. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, because that honestly is a mark, uh, DNA is our markers, you know, that's what they call it. DNA markers. Yeah. And it, they're going to inject the electronics, the whatever into that. And that's going to make us healthy. And, and their promises for us to have eternal life through these injections or through these, whatever, whatever, however it comes across. And, and this is the big thing I told her. I said, you're not going to accidentally take the mark of the beast. You're going to know exactly what you're doing. Exactly. It says that in the Bible. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fully agree. But a lot of Christians are petrified of that, Nathan. They're oh, petrified I know. that they'll accidentally take the mark of the beast. Yeah. I like, I was talking with an older pastor who's like, I remember when, um, debit cards, were first introduced and like ATM machines and everybody's like, no, this is how the end times is happening. They're going to track you with it. And he said he was standing in line for about 45 minutes one day at a bank trying to deposit something. And people were just coming in and out with their ATM cards to to (laughs) withdraw money. And he's like, no, I, you know, I don't think this is it. (laughs) And so the church kind of moved on. And like you said, I've, I've got tap on my phone. I have to use a password to use it, but I think it'll be much more distinct than just uh, a, yeah. a tiny piece of technology. I think it'll alter who we are. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to force us to make an allegiance. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. I mean, that that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's where Lindsay and I have been 
going. That's the path we've been going down that, that we wonder that if UFOs are going to be the bad guys and then the Nephilim might reappear and become the good guys. Right. Yeah. Stomp out the UFO. White hat, black hat sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. White hats, black hats. Yeah. Right. What supernatural encounter that you've had ranks up there as the weirdest? Um, I, I'll share two briefly, if that's okay. One was investigating yes, and yes. one was a personal one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the first kind of major one for me when I was with MUFON was investigating cattle mutilation. And it's like, mm. uh, it was so bizarre. So this, this family, this generational farming family, uh, had had a cow die and it's sex organs were cut out with laser like precision its eyes and tongue were missing it had been drained of blood um which is called exsanguination uh, no blood found in the surrounding soil and so they called the the law enforcement uh the rural law enforcement which is called the uh, rcmp and they came out there and kind of poked around and said oh you know maybe it ate this particular plant caused its stomach to swell and blew up essentially and sent the organs flying in the farming family that takes <laughs> that takes more that takes more faith yeah. to believe in than than ufos i mean anyway sorry and this this farming family <laughs> like again they've been here for generations like they've been on the same land just kind of were scratching their head because you know nothing like that has ever occurred they're familiar with the agriculture on their land and so it was really bizarre. So they went on to Google and they Google, they Googled catamutilation and MUFON came up and they've never had an interest in UFOs. They've never had these paranormal encounters, but I went out there and I did some tests. There was some radioactivity on the, the carcass still, um, some charring around the tops of some trees out there and ended up sitting down with them and being like, well, this is where MUFON comes from. Um, we've eliminated these other factors and those are my favorite types of, of UFO reports because again, these people aren't just watching the sky, hoping to see a UFO at any point. These are, these right. are people who had something weird happen and went on to Google to try and find out what it was and came across MUFON or, or some other reporting organization. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a pastor that, that I'm friends with, but he... He, his way of dismissing all this is basically saying that the same type of people that get alien abducted are also the same type of people that get SRA, and they're the same type of people. And he has this whole list yes, yeah. of a of he he rationalizes it. And what's so crazy is this guy is, is totally supernatural. He has a healing ministry, yeah. but yet he can't he can't go the this far to see that no, these people are not a, cer a certain psychological profile yes, at yeah. all. And you've got, you've got ranges of witnesses from, you know, the least educated to the most educated. Like you've got Paul Helley, the former defense minister of Canada, who passed a few years ago, coming out and saying, yeah, like I helped hide Canada's UFO program. And you've got all sorts of whistleblowers in the States who, again, aren't fitting certain psychological, you know, um, boxes of you know seeing elvis alive still or etc but yeah they're they're top notch i mean i've heard of cia guys ex-cia guys come out whistleblowers. yes yeah yeah that's that's a, that's huge 
Yeah. Oh, and then the second one. Sorry, I forgot. Second one. Really, really quick. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, I was fresh out of um, high school and I had uh, gone to, to live with my grandparents. Just I was living at home. No problems with my parents, healthy family. But it's just a way for me to to be on my own without being on my own necessarily. And uh, yeah. I had I had gone to see a movie with a friend um and just there was there was a trailer at the 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 beginning of the movie that just it it struck something in me and just something deeply demonic about it and it was a a horror movie based on a true story and so later that night um i'm in bed and there was this mirror on my wall and um, I had a guitar in the room and uh, I was trying to fall asleep and I, I look up and there's like this black silhouette in front of the bed and it was pitch black in the room, but it was noticeably different. I thought oh, that's, that's weird. It startled me at first because my eyes was trying to fix on whatever it was, but I couldn't. And I looked in the mirror and I could see like Lord. the silhouette of a, a hand and arm swaying in front of the guitar, like obfuscating the guitar guitar's reflection and i just remember flipping on my lights and praying because it was just it was it was one of my first Mm. um one of my first physical encounters i guess you could say that that really shook me well that i mean that brings up wow that you know the the question of one of the arguments and i would tend to agree with this that the name of jesus tends to get a negative reaction and even kind of scares off some of these the so-called greys or, or aliens right now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we, we have screenshot after screenshot of these paranormal groups um, on social media and emails and texts we've got from them where they're not Christian, uh, but in their cleansing prayers, they have, they use the name of Jesus and they talk about how they don't know why, but there seems to be something about the name of Jesus that drives away the darkness. And it makes me think of the, uh, yeah. the brothers, um, in the new Testament who went around using the name of Jesus. Yeah. The, the, uh, sons of Sceva, I, sorry, I'm not recalling it right now, but, yeah. um, yeah, that's driving right. out demons yeah. in the name of Jesus until it got to one, you know, smart demons who's like, oh, I know who Jesus is and I know who Paul is, but who are you? So they're even people who aren't Christian are using the name Jesus and notice that there's power to it. And that happens in uh, UFO communities as well. You've got people who aren't Christian who have noticed that people being routinely um abducted uh they're called they used to be called abductees now they're called experiencers people who are routinely experiencing Mm. these things and being tormented by these things you have these people who aren't christian who are trying to help them and in their guides they say Mm. you know the name of jesus seems to end the encounters wow let me ask you this are there any questions? I mean, I know you do podcasts all the time. Are there any questions that we haven't asked you or that any other podcasters haven't asked you that you wish would be asked that you could answer? 
<laughs> I saw that question on you guys' uh, your email, and I yeah. was trying to think. Um, I guess, I guess one is I'd love, I'd love for someone to ask. You know how I feel a burden for ministering to these communities. How do I get started? Like, where do I go? And all right, yeah. So, um, that's that's really interesting, Nathan. Because I was just I was going to add that to the end and say, all right, if somebody wanted to minister to these people, how would they do it? So there you go. Sure. It's always, I mean, awesome. Tell us. Yeah. So I I would encourage you, don't do it alone. In fact, I would say if you're if you're by yourself, don't do it at all. Uh, but grab somebody else who, you know, has an interest or passion for talking about these things, for talking about, you know, UFOs or cryptids or, or whatever, the paranormal ghosts, et cetera. And, uh, get somebody to, to pray for you, but start going to local meetings of ghost hunting groups. Like don't, don't try and go ghost hunting or talking to spirits, you know, or anything like that, but go to some local groups that are presenting on these or have different, different, um, uh, topic uh topic nights that go over paranormal discussions and and start listening and start meeting the people that are at these events regularly that are talking about these things regularly in your in your community and then from there start praying for them and asking for open doors to meet with them for coffee and don't try and go in and stand on a box and and preach at them but go in genuinely to to listen to them and 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 hear them out. You look at Jesus and how he was called a friend of sinners. And it's like, that means if you would have gone up to any of these people of the day and said, hey, do you know Jesus? They would be able to say personally that Jesus was a friend of theirs. He wasn't just someone that dropped by every so often. He wasn't just someone they heard preaching on the beach, but he was, he was a friend. And I think from that relationship, the Holy Spirit will open glimpses into their lives where they may share about some brokenness in their family. They may share about, um, you know, some sort of bondage they're experiencing. And those little open doors are the times where you can be like, Hey, that sounds, that sounds so tough for me personally. I'm a Christian and this is what I believe. I don't know if that resonates with you, but this is what I believe. And if you're interested in, in speaking, if you're interested in, in, in researching and sharing your research, then Start going to a few of these meetings and then research a certain topic and say, hey, this is a topic I love talking about. Can I present sometime? And like, this is exactly what my wife and I did to get started in these communities. And it just grew over the last seven years into what it is now. Wow. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Yeah, I always want to bring our shows back to the gospel, back to Jesus. And you're right that these people will not be reached unless we reach them. And mm -hmm. Jesus was a friend of, of, of sinners, and we have to remember that. And, and uh, I received a, I don't know if you believe in this or not, I received a word from a friend years ago um, who kind of pulled me aside. She, she told me I was going to be ministering to fringy folk, like the kind of folk that most people won't want to minister to. Mm -hmm. And uh, really encouraged me because, Christians are afraid of them. Yes. And it's like we've got we read Leviticus and and we still think we're in the OT yeah. and you know everybody everybody has to scream unclean yes. unclean unclean 100%. When yeah. Jesus when Jesus touched the lepers. Yeah. 
You know, we have to come in. You know, we have Jesus Christ inside of us. We can touch these people yeah. and without being contaminated. Yeah. I agree with your yeah. caveat that we need to be two by two. We need to have community to do this. This is not a Lone Ranger type thing. I totally agree with that to maintain safety and sanity, I, said, I would suppose. Yeah, yeah. But, but we can touch these people. Go ahead. Well, I was even going to say, like, with, with the with the demon possessed man who was cast out of the city and was bound in chains. It's like society had rejected him. And Jesus is like, we need to be the ones who, who bring freedom. And I, I totally believe in words and, and, and prophecy. I, and, and that's my Bible school background. And I, I love that our charge leaving Bible school was like, don't go home and try and, um, you know, use these as tools for encouragement and edification. But when it comes to the community outside the church, don't try and show off um, your Bible school degree with, you know, talking theology with these people or expounding on hermeneutics. He said, be naturally supernatural by taking out the garbage for them, by helping them move, yeah. by just being in your community, being a light in your community. And we're supposed to be ministering to people outside the church we're not supposed to be just our own little huddled groups in, on church on sunday mornings and one of the other things that breaks my heart just really quick is i heard this comedian uh who wasn't christian at least that i know talk about how um he was in church one time and and somebody's like you're not you know you're not wearing a suit you're not you're wearing a hat like what are you doing you need to look like you have your life together and he's like do you go to a gym and tell fat people they're not allowed to be at the gym? Like, isn't the church supposed to be a, a hospital ground for the, the, you know, broken and, and people who are, are feeling sick. And so, yeah, we need to do better as a church to, to be out there, to be in the midst of these, these groups. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that leads to, to, a, I'd kind of remembered well, uh, strange o'clock podcast discussion we had some time back you talked about how your church is kind of if i'm remembering correctly kind of transitioning a little bit into more of a instead of a church with small groups a church of small groups i, I they yeah you could go into oh that yes a yeah sure yeah we um i think covid our restrictions were pretty tough here in canada um yeah I think COVID exposed a lot of churches for whether they had a solid community background or not. And every church needs to be prepared one day to have its doors closed, personally speaking, which means that people need to be in community with or without a physical building. And you look at the New Testament church, and they were defined as being from temple court to temple court and from home to home. And I think Sunday mornings need to be a place where we come together, we worship, we get training, we, we provide a place for, for us to, to have that team huddle. But the rest of the week, we need to be the lay ministers, the lay pastors. We need to be in a, a group, and this is what we're trying to encourage our congregation to do, but everybody needs to be in a small group where we can walk alongside other people when you know they're sick or when they're doing well or when they're having ups or downs or financial burdens or needing to move or watch kids or help um, bring support for failing marriages because pastors mm -hmm. can't 
take care of everyone. That's not our role. We can't run from fire to fire putting it out. We're meant to be the ones who equip the congregation to go out and do, to be the hands and physical feet of Jesus. And so that's that's what our church is transitioning to, is um, not just a church that has small groups, but a church that's made up of small groups. We're, we pretty much every Sunday and at every event we have, we have some little talk about small groups, whether it's, you know, five minutes or it's an entire message. That's just the direction we're going more and more. That's, that's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, Lindsay, tell me why it's so exciting to us. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we, we were kind of involved in disciple making ministry, DMM, CPM kind of stuff, um, church planning. Yeah, just that's really our heart to kind of find people and, and, and gather with them and, and to get them to do the same and yes. see it multiply. Yeah. Just see significant, um, I guess, impact, actual impact in yes. people's lives. Yeah. Unities form around that. Well, and the, and the cool thing about this, at least we've seen in our house church type stuff we're doing, is people like you, we're talking about reaching are are more liable to open up and be in. They'll, they'll come into the community of a small group before they'll come to a a big meeting where they'll feel out of touch and and not understand what's going on. And all totally. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it even fits perfect with your vision, Nathan, of the, the paranormal, you know, and reaching out to that group. And you're right about COVID. I mean, we were doing this before COVID, but it really, I had a lot of pastors that, that thought I was crazy because we belong to a, a, a missionary group and they plant, they plant them overseas, but we're also planting them in the United States, DMMs or CPMs. Yeah. And a lot of pastors thought we were crazy, you know, and how does that work? And da, 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 which, who's your covering? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. But then COVID hit and I had pastors coming to me saying, okay, so how do we do this? Yeah. What are you, what are you <laughs> doing right? Cause <laughs> we're not. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, and that, and that, and that fits into the whole eschatology thing we just talked about earlier is if, if it gets to where, I mean, you've seen it in Canada, we haven't seen it here yet, hmm. but you've seen it in Canada where churches were shut down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and hostility was projected. Nope, people were being arrested. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. yeah. So, and we're all, we're about ten years behind you guys, maybe five years now. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you guys, well, then you guys are about like five or ten years behind England. Yes, so or Australia. So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's so exciting. That's encouraging that you guys are doing that because we've talked to other people and it's just so foreign to them. And like guys. We said this to them. We're like, we haven't mentioned this yet, but at some point in the future, we will be saying, hey, you know, we love you. You're welcome here. But if you're not part of a small group, we, we don't really consider you part of our church. <laughs> like it will become an expectation that every ministry is meant to serve. How can we get people, how can we move them from disconnection to connection? How can we get them plugged into community, walking alongside other people? Man, it's been great. I mean, I've, I'm really starting to see things better. You know, I mean, like I've said, I've, and when it comes to the whole fringe 
UFOs is new to me, and so I, you really opened my eyes. Our audience, they're interested in doing this. You know, how can they connect with you, Nate? Sure. So uh, the ministry investigative company we run is called Aperio Research and Investigations. Aperio uh, is the Latin word for exposing light. Uh, you can contact us through that form there uh, on the website, which is ariteam.org. Our podcast, which is meant to be a bridge podcast to both Christians and non-Christians, it's meant to be a podcast to the paranormal community in general. It's called Midnight Mysteries, and our most of our social media stuff is on Instagram, and it's Midnight Mysteries Radio. And I can throw up my uh, personal email for you guys to add into the uh, description section or etc. for people if they want to yeah. contact me directly for, for some further information. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna put all this in the in the show notes, so where people can get a hold of you and connect with you, because you're gonna have some people connect with you about wanting to do a ministry like this. Because I mean, it's so it, if you're interested in it and you're a Christian, why not? You yeah, know, I yeah. mean, it's it it could be how God's lead them. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nathan. I I appreciate your time and just your dedication to what you're doing and i think you're having an awesome impact in the world and and i admire that thank you so much guys i love conversations like this so anytime thanks for listening and supporting us and remember stay naturally supernatural